0: The NFL PropCast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New, Jer- New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same-game parlays, live in-game odds, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today, bet 100, and get 100 at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash State restrictions apply. Welcome, everyone, to the PropCast, part of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It is Friday, January 27th, currently 1.32 on the East Coast. Here to break down our player props for the conference championship weekend. And joining me, as usual, to help me break down the player props... You guys know him as the voice on the NFL Gambling Podcast, the F1 Gambling Podcast, the NASCAR Gambling Podcast, and, of course, here on the PropCast It's my main man, Rod Gomez. Rod, how nervous are you for this weekend, my friend?
1: Well, you, look, you said it's 1.30 over there for you. It's still 10.30 over here, so I got my cup of coffee. I'm still waking up. <laughs> how nervous am I? Listen, all I know is that this is probably the most – I think evenly matched a game that they that the Niners have had in the postseason since they played the Chiefs in the Super Bowl a couple of years back. I feel like this is a game in which, and we'll talk about it in a little while. Like nobody, I don't think anybody really expected them to be here eleven no. weeks ago. So the fact that they are means that we've built up all of this just momentum, and and now. Niner fans were cautiously optimistic by nature anyways, because we've seen this story before, yeah. but I would like to think that this is a, we're going to see we're in for a good game, no matter what happens. So I, I'm down for it. Yeah. I mean,
0: look, the line is pretty much indicative of that, right? I think the books are, are, are saying that both of these teams are, are evenly matched teams. Um, maybe it might be a different story if there was Jimmy G at the quarterback position, but, We've talked about it not only on the prop cast here, but I'm sure you guys have talked about it on the NFL pod as well is that he's done what he's supposed to do. I know last week was a little shaky for him against the Dallas Cowboys, but again, you're going up against a better defense uh, in the Dallas Cowboys, but um, Niners defense did enough to force or two turnovers against Dak Prescott last week. They got the touchdown that mattered uh, for the San Francisco 49ers and um, probably the worst that we've seen Brock Purdy play but again he didn't turn the ball over he did what he needed to do i think Kyle Shanahan again people were saying that he he had a bad coaching game because he wasn't he was he, he was conservative but you got to remember this was a you have a third string quarterback who was the last pick in the draft which was what his seventh or eighth game in the in an NFL in an NFL uniform and in a divisional round matchup, I, I think that, you know, they met expectation, which is the spread. They covered the spread. They won the game. And now, look, they're on to Philly for a chance to punch their ticket to the Super Bowl and be the best team in the NFC.
1: But let's just stop for a second and and, and think about this, because I know that especially in the midst of like a 11, 12, you know, whatever game winning streak the teams get on. We expected every single game is this highlight reel filled, fantastical, just uh, uh, textbook version of what a, a big NFL game is, right? Yeah. But that's not always the case. You have to win the ugly ones, and I said this in Monday. You have to win the ones that you aren't supposed to win or that you look your absolute worst. If you win those games, those games prove more to me than if you were to go out and act like you're the the top team in the league playing a pop Warner team, right? Yeah. That's that m- means more to me. That shows me more of the character of your team in that you are able to put together games that still win despite yeah. you looking your worst, you know, that that's, that's where the true measure of a team is formed. I think.
0: Yeah, I agree again. It, it, I think everybody was just so used to seeing the uh, San Francisco 49ers putting up 35 plus points per game getting back to the regular season. They put up, what, 38 against the uh, Seattle Seahawks in that game. But again, like you mentioned, to be successful or to win football games, especially in the playoffs, you have to sometimes win ugly. And and they did that uh, last week against Dallas Cowboys, who, again, give credit to the defense as well in that game. I mean, that was really the difference for me for the San Francisco 49ers, uh, forcing Dak Prescott to those two turnovers last week and converting them into points. Um, and they did enough at the end uh, for them to hang on to the victory. And then again, like I mentioned, they, they met expectation. What is the, the, the spread? They covered the spread. They won ugly. And now they're in the NFC, uh, NFC championship game against the Eagles this weekend. We'll get your take uh, your prediction at the end of the show, as we usually do here, uh, uh, Rod, but, I think some player performances last week we kind of have to shout out since we do talk about player props here. I think uh George Kittle last week, I mean you and I talked about it. He had that incredible catch um for the San Francisco 49ers. He finished up that game with five receptions, ninety-five yards uh in that game. Debo contributed as well, four receptions, forty-five yards. I mean, last week really, Rod, it was it just felt like it was it was a, a a team win. You know, everybody did their part. Um from the running game to the to the receiving game to the defense to what Brock Purdy was able to do to manage that football game for the 49ers.
1: And really again it, it was more of the running game and defense that that took this one obviously we you know Brock didn't yeah. throw any any touchdown passes at all but yeah. you know again he didn't need to and all he needed to do was make sure that he didn't give Dallas uh, an ultimate opportunity To win the game, and and of course that's what happened, and he was able to do it. But there, the stars were still shining for the Niners. I mean, CMC looked good. Um, Didn't get really many as many or rushing yards, rather, as I would have hoped for. Uh, Mm -hmm. And he didn't come away with that first touchdown. Which, by the way, that one was a soul crushing uh, thing because he he had the opportunity to do it and he didn't. So yeah, um, there went that. But yeah, I mean, look. Overall, you're right. This was just a total team effort, and you know we like to put a lot of um a lot of weight on what the stars do yeah but really again y- you have to have that supporting cast and thank goodness the 49ers had that especially last week against a Dallas Cowboys team that didn't want to go home or did they yeah. i don't know i can't tell um i think the bigger
0: news obviously of last week pivoting away from the um Niners game was obviously Patrick Mahomes and the ankle injury. I know you guys already covered that extensively on the NFL pod, but not going to talk too much about that. But I think the one, maybe not that really the difference, but I think that what was key when Mahomes left that game was when Chad Henney came in and led them down to a, what, 98-yard touchdown drive. He waited to go 5-7 and seven, uh, for 23 yards. But I know Isaiah Pacheco had that big uh, run for the Kansas City Chiefs in that game. Uh, another great Rushing attack game for the Kansas City Chiefs, 30 carries, 144 yards in that game. Uh, Like I mentioned, Isaiah Pacheco, 12 carries, uh, 95 uh, rushing yards in that game. Um, Kelsey, 14 receptions, 98 yards. I know my best bet last week was Kelsey over 79.5 receiving yards. I also said, hey, maybe buy it up to 100 or ladder it up to 100. And I said, "Hey, look! If I told you Rod that Kelsey had 14 catches last week, how many how many receiving yards do you think he would have had?
1: All of them, like 300 of them. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, he fell a little bit short there, but hey, at least the best bet came through. Um, I mean, I think that was pretty much it for me in that in that game. Uh, obviously, the big story was Patrick Mahomes." Um, Anything else that kind of stuck out to you from last week, as far as player for performances? I know Joe Burrow and that offensive line, I mean, they did an outstanding job last week in that game against Buffalo, but anything that kind of stuck out to you from last week?
1: Uh, other than, yeah, other than the, the Cincinnati offense being able to do exactly what they needed to do against the Bills, I think the biggest letdown was Josh Allen's performance overall, or yeah, overall uh, for the Bills. It just, they, and then, look, here's the thing. I don't know... I don't know. I talked about Diggs a little bit and and Diggs' overall attitude. I like the fire. I like the passion. But, Mm -hmm. I mean, you don't need to showbiz your quarterback. You don't need to showbiz your teammates. Like, I, you know, I don't know. I've never been that guy, I guess, which is why I don't really necessarily fully understand the concept of what good comes out of calling somebody out on the sidelines like that rather than sitting down next to them and talking through it, you know? So, I don't know. I, I guess... I guess I'll never understand that. But at the same time, I can understand why he's frustrated. Sure. But they were covering him good. Like it wasn't as if he was. Can't force the ball to him. Yeah. you Can't force the
0: ball to him. Right. So um, yeah, again, the expectation really was for the bills coming into the season. I think they were one of the Super Bowl favorites, if not these favorite coming into the season Um, and another game where they just kind of fell short. And I think, again, give credit to the Cincinnati Bengals how they were born last week, uh, which was really led by the rushing attack for the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, Joe Mixon last week, 20 carries 105 yards, one touchdown overall as a team, 34 carries 172 yards, 5.1 yards per carry on the ground for the Cincinnati Bengals. And all the talk last week, Rod, it was about how banged up this offensive line was. Maybe, you know, the snow and the the conditions gave them a little bit of an advantage um, as far as pass protection. But again, the the game plan that the Cincinnati Bengals coaches put together against his Buffalo Bills team last week, it was incredible to watch. And and I saw it in that first quarter when they got up fourteen to nothing. I was like, this is going to be a very tough hill for the Bills to come back to climb from. I know it was still very early on, but you could if you were watching that game early on, you could kind of tell that the Bengals just may pull this one off, and they did. After having a fourteen nothing lead, the Bills did their best to kind of come back. But it just wasn't enough. And, and again, give credit to the defense, give credit to the offensive line, and give credit to the coaches for what they were able to do against the Buffalo Bills team.
1: Yeah, I mean, again, it was impressive because Burrow did have time to do what he needed to do, and it was, it was not necessarily uh, – he wasn't nec- all that uncomfortable against yeah. this team. And, and that's really what I think the difference was, was that he was able to really just settle in and, and do what he needed to do. Um, so I, I, like I said, this Bengals team is going to be very, uh, very, uh, formidable. And, and I don't know, I mean, the chiefs, obviously they have their number, right? Cause they, yeah, they yeah. haven't, they haven't lost against the chiefs. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just a matter now of, of, can he carry this through? How much is Mahomes' injury going to play into this? Yeah. I, I'd like to think that maybe it won't, but mm-hmm. you know, we'll see.
0: Yeah, we'll definitely see. Um, all right, so last week my picks ended up going two and two. Uh, obviously, the Mahomes injury didn't help because I did have his over two and a half passing touchdowns. I also had Brandon Ayuk to get over his receiving yards. Those two didn't quite get there, but did have. CeeDee Lamb, longest reception over 25 and a half yards. He ended up, I believe, with like a 44 or 47-yard long reception. And then obviously we talked about Travis Kelsey over 79 and a half receiving yards. I think that one was pretty much a slam dunk uh, last week for me. How did your picks uh, uh, go for you last week?
1: Don't think you want to know. Brock Purdy and Dak Prescott did not go over 487 combined passing yards. Saquon Barkley was not the first, despite the fact that the Giants had the ball, to get to 20 yards rushing. Uh, the Josh Allen on the other side of the ball did not record a sack, believe it or not. And a day where you know, uh, they got to, to Mahomes at least. Oh, no, Mahomes never got sacked at all. So, yeah, um, yeah, Josh Allen did not record it. To, uh, and then uh, CMC did not get the first touchdown, uh, and and he did have uh, any time was minus 150. So, yeah, I mean, it was a very, very bad day. I did have the chase over uh, Jamar Chase over Gabe Davis. 28 and a half yards. And I have to look that up again because I can't remember if that hit or not um,
0: for Jamar.
1: Yeah. Jamar chase. I believe he, he came in. Let me see Jamar chase. I'm, I'm pulling up the box score. Now uh, Jamar chase came in with at uh, 61 yards and then Gabe Davis had 34 yards. So quick back of the napkin math reveals that that too did not happen. So, Hey, it's a new week. We're going to turn around conference championship
0: um not to worry at all uh team effort here so yeah again now there's three games left here for the season here rod uh obviously like i mentioned championship uh weekend is here we'll find out who is headed to the super bowl and we'll get into our player props here so we usually keep it on the same format we'll give you the playoffs i'm sorry our our player props uh, we'll just go by uh we'll just take it by game since there are only two games. So we'll we'll discuss our player props in each of the games that we do have, and then we'll give our touchdown props as well uh for those games. So let's just start with the first game that is going to be on Sunday. That's gonna feature your 49ers uh in Philadelphia to take on the Eagles. Uh this is gonna be a three o'clock Eastern start. Uh, but let's dive into the player props for this one. Why don't you lead us off here Rod? what do we got for player props in the Niners and the Eagles game?
1: Well, I'm going to go with uh, Robbie Gold. This was going to be my my you know special defense or special teams uh, prop, uh, but since we're breaking it down by game, I'll just kick it off with Robbie Gold over Jake Elliott in field goals. Uh, take this one on the money line at minus 105. You look back at the last couple of games for Robbie Gold. I mean, we talked about Brock Purdy not throwing any any touchdowns against Dallas. He kicked or Robbie Gold kicked four field goals in that game. Uh, Seattle, he kicked four field goals in that game, uh, against Arizona to finish the season. He only kicked one field goal, but I mean, again, that was cause the Niners had their way with Arizona, but against the Raiders, uh, Robbie kicked three field goals against Washington. He kicked three field goals. He's been kicking a lot of field goals lately for the San Francisco 49ers, which is fine. Uh, I like the way that sounds. Look back at what Elliot has done. He kicked one field goal last week against the Giants when the Eagles scored 36 points. Um, he kicked five field goals against the Giants in the final week, which is, you know, all fine and well, but that was a game in which everybody was basically playing uh, backups. So, or at least the Giants were. So uh, um, I can understand that. But one against the, Gi- or the Saints in uh, week 17, two against Dallas, one against Chicago, two against the Giants. Look, the stats just flesh out the fact that Robbie Gold kicks more field goals in a game than does Jake Elliott. A lot of times, uh, the, the Eagles' points are coming by way of touchdowns, so he's kicking more extra points, whereas Robbie Gold uh, has kicked a lot more field goals over the last few weeks of the season and really all season long. So uh, at minus 105, I like the juice on this one, and I definitely think that Robbie Gold is going to kick maybe not four, but at least three or, or more. Uh, field goals in this, whereas Jake Elliott, I think, may only get two attempts at at kicking a field goal in this game.
0: Yeah, look, this was one of my player props as well. I took Robbie Gold over one and a half field goals made. I'm not going to repeat everything that you just said because you just absolutely nailed it on the handicap there. And I I think when it comes down to it, I think especially in this game where I feel like points will be at a premium, uh, when the opportunity arises for Kyle Shanahan to kick a field goal, you know he's going to send Robbie Gold out there. Um, to kick in because again, he's been perfect in the postseason. Uh, you just take a look at his numbers, um, over the, even the last five games dating back to the regular season as well 15 of 16 from, um, from, uh, at least, sorry, kicking field goals. And he's hit at least two in the uh, three out of the, sorry, four of the last five games. And he's had, he's gone four for four. In both of the playoff games so far this season. So, or sorry, in the postseason against Seattle 4 for 4. And then, like I mentioned last week, against Dallas 4 for 4 as well. Um, And again, when we talk about clutch kickers, I know Adam Vinatieri is at the top of the mountain there when we talk about clutch kickers, especially when it comes to postseason. But I think we got to start talking about how good Robbie Gold has been for the San Francisco 49ers as well. So, um, our picks are kind of correlated here. I took Robbie Gold over seven sorry uh one and a half field goals mate. And I, I love this here. Um got Kyle asking in the chat. Uh my book has gold over seven and a half total points. Uh I don't hate that. Uh again, he's had what? Let's see, in the last two games, 13 and 15 in the playoffs. And then if you want to go back to the season as well. Uh, two other three final weeks, he had 13 and 13. So, uh, yeah, you can attack it that way as well
1: for uh, Robbie Gold here. Um, anything else for Robbie Gold here, Rod? Yeah, no, I mean, I agree with you as a, as far as that's concerned. And you look back, he's had way more games over seven and a half points than he has under. So, uh, yeah. Robbie Gold, definitely not afraid of kicking the field goals. And, of course, as of late, he's yep. been on fire. This hit, this mark in five straight games. So, I like it. Yeah. Uh, all right. You have any more player props for this game? I do. My, my touchdown prop actually comes from this game. Okay. Uh, so I don't know if you want to do it that way. You want to do it that way? Uh, let's, let's say touchdowns
0: when we get to the, to the touchdowns. Um, okay. we'll, we'll give them out. Then uh, the one more player prop I did, or I was looking for in the book still haven't dropped it as of Friday afternoon here was Elijah Mitchell's rushing yards. Um, we talk about what the game plan should for the San Francisco 49ers this week, and the one weakness of this defense for the Eagles is their rushing uh, defense, and I still don't see them putting it up yet. I think there's a one hidden book that I did see that had him at 28 and a half, but anything under 35 and a half, and I'll give this out as an extra prop bet: is I would take Mitchell's to go over Elijah Mitchell to go over that number. Of, um, if it's anything below 35 and under anything under 40, I, I think that Elijah Mitchell has it does have a big week. I know that's not officially out yet, but I think the game script really just for Kyle Shanahan is probably going to be long drives, rushing the football. He has a lot of options, right? And Rod, you can attest to this when you have Elijah Mitchell, Christian McCaffrey, even Debo Samuel can get involved in the running attack, uh, against this Eagles defense, which again, pass defense great the one area that they do struggle in is their rush defense. So um, I'll give that as a bonus prop when that hopefully it does pop up closer. I don't know. Maybe it's a game time over the weekend. Don't have an official number, but do you have any thoughts on Elijah Mitchell this weekend?
1: Well, absolutely. If it's 40, I would definitely grab that. Last week against Dallas, he had 51, uh, 55 against the Cardinals. He had 35 against the Saints, but uh, again, he only had seven carries in that game, but 59 against the Cardinals. Again, 89 against the Rams. Uh, and 41 against the Chicago Bears. So, basically, he's gone over this mark every time he's been on the field, except for in New Orleans, and then, of course, the Seattle game. But, um, you know, once again, that was a Christian McCaffrey heavy game as well. So, uh, it, it seems like they are really leaning on this one-two punch, and Elijah Mitchell's been able to to come in and, and have some success, uh, carrying for, like, what, four, four or five yards of carry? Uh, yeah. In some cases, last week it was 3.6, but still... Um, he had that one long carry that, that when it really mattered. Mm-hmm. So, and that was most of, of what it could have been to 35. So I like that at 40. I may even like it at 45, depending on what the juice is. Yeah. Uh, all right. Before we get over
0: to the AFC Championship game player props, let me tell you guys about our presenting sponsor, and that is going to be WinBed. WinBed is the official online sports book. Of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, WinBet is active in a bunch of states, and there are a ton of ways to win, including live betting and same-game parlays. Championship weekend is here. Great promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now at WinBet. And if you're ready to play, sign up today to receive a special offer, bet 100, and get 100. Limited state availability. And of course, if you hit the biggest long-shot parlay of the week, you get a $1,000 free credit, courtesy of WinBet. There's just so much to choose from. All you have to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet so they know that we sent you. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-I-N-N-B-E-T. Offer subject change terms, and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 20 years or older and present in a state where play-through winbet is available. If you or somebody you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. All right, Rod. Let's get over to the AFC Championship game player props. I think this game will probably see more points being put up. Uh, we see that historically between these two teams, between the Bengals and the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, why don't you lead us off with your first player prop uh, for this game?
1: All right. So I'm starting mine off with Joe Burrow. I'm gonna. I found a book that has him listed as the most passing yards on Sunday at plus two hundred. I, I didn't want to go with his traditional passing stats or even, you know, uh, interceptions or anything like that. I, honestly, I just wanted to go a- and see where I could get good value for Joe Burrow. And having him go uh, for the most passing yards on Sunday is is a good pick for me because we talked about what we think Brock Purdy and, and, uh, and Jalen Hurts are going to do against that the, each other defenses going up next week, or this, this Sunday, rather. And I think they've got tougher matchups between the two of them than does uh, the C or the the Cincinnati and Kansas City matchups there. And Mahomes hasn't necessarily looked all Mahomesy, anyways. Yeah, he's made some fantastic plays, but the yardage hasn't necessarily backed itself up. He didn't even hit 200 last week uh, in, in that game. So Joe Burrow, at the very least, I think has more potential. I think. To get to that 250, 260 range, um, because again, we don't even know what Mahomes is going to be limited to. I mean, yeah. his mobility really does set off a lot more of his game than than really is is uh, led on. Of course, we know that 90 some out of our yards came from that one drive from Henny um, as well. But yeah, I just I think Joe Burrow in the four quarterbacks that are left probably has the best matchup and the best chance to to throw for more yards than the other three. Now, Mahomes could come, come in and wreck that party, but I don't think that Purdy and or Jalen Hurts are going to be throwing for 245, 250, you know, heaven forbid, 300, whereas Joe yeah. Burrow could easily throw for 300 against this Chiefs defense. Yeah, I
0: mean... I think we talked about it in the the Niners and the Eagles game where I think we're more expecting that to be a more of a defensive struggle between those two teams. And, you know, I don't think it'll turn into a shootout, right? Right now. So that uh, total is even sitting at 46 and a half uh, where this game uh, uh, for the, for the Bengals and the chiefs right now, I think it's creeping up to 48 now, but you talk, talk about the two quarterbacks in this game, right? We don't, we saw the videos and I know everybody's been talking about it on Twitter where, It seems like Mahomes is—he's not—he doesn't have a limp, or there doesn't seem like there's a significant injury uh, after what transpired last week. Is it smoke and mirrors? I'm not sure. Um, Again, but I think you hit the key there—is that the mobility of it, right? When you have to move around, how much is that going to affect him at that point? Because sometimes, yeah, you can walk, um, and, and and. Seems fine, but once you have to start cutting and you start to you know you know maybe pedaling back or, or trying to move forward or even running on it, I think that's where the question does come in. Again, Burrow has had success; there's no secret. Everybody knows it. He's what three zero straight up against the Chiefs, and the weapons that he does have on the offensive side of the football, with you know Jamar Chase, where he had 266 yards against this Chiefs team. I think in the regular season last se- last year. Also, you talk about T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, guys out of the backfield, Joe, uh, Joe Mixon, uh, even Samaje Perine. I think those are great weapons for him to rack up yardage here. So, again, I think this might be a big, big Burrow week for sure. At two to one, I, I can definitely get behind that for sure. Um, which brings me to my Joe Burrow prop. I also have a prop on Joe Burrow here. I'm going to take Joe Burrow. Um, his longest completion over 37 and a half uh, yards in this game. And it's pretty simple for me. Three games against uh, the Chiefs in his career. He's gone over this projection in all three games. Last season in week 18, the final game of the regular season, uh, he had a 72-yard pass to Jamar Chase. Like I mentioned, he had that one game. Jamar Chase, we're having 11 receptions, 266 yards against that Chiefs secondary. AFC Championship game last year in the playoffs. He had a 44-yard pass to T. Higgins. I believe he also had a 41-yard pass to Samaj P. Ryan in that game as well. And then this season against the Chiefs in the regular season, another 40-yard bomb to Jamar Chase. So it seems like that Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow have some type of something figured out against the secondary where they're able to get these long passes down the field. Uh, But it hasn't also been Jamar Chase, right? I said uh, T. Higgins, uh, P. Ryan has also been a beneficiary of those long passes from Joe Burrow. So longest completion, Joe Burrow over 37.5 yards for my uh, first player prop in this game here, Rod.
1: Yeah, and nobody's really all that scared of the Chiefs' secondary. It's, I mean, they've, you know, the, the defense has been playing a little bit better than I guess we've normally seen uh, yeah. uh, out of this Kansas City defense. But you know, again, it's it's Joe Burrow, it's Cincinnati, it's the big time receivers that they've got, and you know, the the Chiefs are prone to give up a big play or two or three per game. So uh, that that is easy for Burrow, I think, to hit in, in this instance. Yep. Uh, all right. Take us over to
0: your next player prop for this game. What do you got?
1: All right. I love looking for weekly specials. I love looking for ones that, uh, that are already parlayed for you with some pretty juicy odds. So I found one that has Travis Kelsey with eight or more receptions paired with Jarek McKinnon, one touchdown. Doesn't matter if it's rushing or it's passing. Get this at plus 330. Mm. Um, I don't got to sell you on Travis Kelsey. catching. How many catches last week was it, right? 14 passes that he caught last week. <laughs> Ugh, unbelievable. But here's the thing, and I will say that it is a little bit of a, of a good number. The books did well to, to, to put this number because it's not as if Kelsey's been catching this many passes all season long. It may yep. feel like it, but he hasn't necessarily done that. Six catches against Vegas, seven against Denver, six against Seattle. It's just the yardage has been there. But you add into this now the simple fact that it could be Uh, Joe Burrow, I mean, not Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes with limited mobility. Well, Kelsey's a fantastic safety blanket uh, around the line of scrimmage. And, you know, you saw it last week, you know, 17 targets for Kelsey. It was just pepper Kelsey with targets and you're going to good things are going to happen. So I think that is going to be somewhere near the game script again this week, especially if Mahomes starts to look uh, bad or, or, or starts to need a little bit more of an outlet in Kelsey. So give me at least eight catches for Kelsey in this game. And then for McKinnon, last week was rough. You know, we we, we touted him having touchdown catches or at least a touchdown in six straight games heading into the end uh, into the game against Jacksonville. And unfortunately, he didn't get into the end zone uh, in that game. So... We did not get a chance to see him score. In fact, he only had 11 carries for 25 yards, and believe it or not, no receptions. So that was a definite blow. Now, that's not going to that that's going to change this week. They can't keep McKinnon out of the game plan. They've got to get him into the end zone if they want to compete with the with the Bengals. I mean, they almost gave it away to Jacksonville last week. Really, it was a it was a nail biter as much as, as it could be a nail-biter for the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. And McKinnon wasn't involved. So I think that needs to change this week. I think he gets back into the end zone, and I think uh, this prop cashes. Yeah,
0: he did have um, a touchdown in the matchup earlier this season um, on December 4th. I think he had a uh, a receiving touchdown in that game. I want to say he might have been the first touchdown score in that game as well. I'll have to double-check that. But, um, I mean, look, I... With Kelsey, I'm not going to argue anything about that. He, and I mentioned this last week when I took Travis Kelsey over his receiving yards. Is that when you kind of get to the playoffs, quarterbacks kind of graduate or they go towards guys that they trust, right? Because they they know that they're going to be in the right spots. And I think that the rapport that Mahomes and Kelsey have developed over the past several seasons, I think that was what was really on showcase last week. Uh, especially with the performance that he did have, and we talked about this week again. We the questions about the mobility and how fast uh, Mahomes may have to get this ball out. But Kelsey does a great job of finding those holes in the defense, just kind of turning around and 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 catching those passes, and then doing getting those yak yards that we've talked a lot about this season. So I think the targets will be there for him again. Um, I think he did have a ten reception ten reception game. Uh, was I think it was last uh, season against this Bengals defense as well. So, again, I, I think that, again, every week you can game plan as much as you want for Kelsey. But Kelsey's always going to get his uh, against any defense uh, in the National Football League. So uh, he, at plus 330, you can argue against it, Rod.
1: He did have eight catches in the game earlier against Cincinnati, too. So take that. Okay. In.
0: There you go. All right. For my next player prop in this game, I mentioned his name before when I was talking about Joe Burrow, Uh, Samaj P Ryan, I'm going to go over 16 and a half receiving yards in this game. And you know, we we, we talked about these, the storyline last week, which was the offensive line for the Cincinnati Bengals to the injuries that they dealt with. uh, And how are they going to withstand the pressure? Uh, Joe Burrow, has one of the fastest release times uh, as far as our quarterbacks are concerned. I think him and I think it was him and Tom Brady. Uh but I know Joe Burrow was up there for sure. But I, I think that this is going to be a game where the running backs are going to be pivotal in this game for the uh Cincinnati Bengals. Last week Joe Burrow had a great. Uh, sorry uh Joe Mixon had a great game on the ground uh for the uh, Cincinnati Bengals also was involved in the passing game. But if you go back to last season, um Samaje Perine Three receptions on four targets for 43 yards. Fast forward to this season, he also went over this projection in six games during the regular season. Now, that doesn't seem like a lot, but he's a backup running back, right? Joe Mixon is usually the featured guy for the Cincinnati Bengals team, but I think when it matters the most, P. Ryan really does step up. Um, Last week against the Bills, he had five receptions for 31 yards. Last season against the Chiefs, he had six receptions for 49 yards. I don't mind his receptions to go over 20, uh, sorry, two and a half in this game either. But I think the 16 and a half receiving yard number is really, really low here for P Ryan, who's done in multiple times, not only in the playoffs like he did last week, but he also has done against, against the Chiefs. So I think he's going to be a key part uh, this week for the Cincinnati Bengals offense. So I'm taking his uh, receiving yards over 16 and a half here, Rod.
1: You know, and that's such a low number. I mean, that's that's one good catch for eight, and then two couple of catches for another eight or nine. Actually, if you want to yeah. get technical, but yeah, it's it doesn't that does not feel at all uh, like it's out of out of touch. So I, I like that prop for sure.
0: Uh, all right, you have any more player props for this uh, game? No,
1: sir. I'm ready for touchdowns. If we are.
0: Yeah, I'll throw out one more. I'll make it quick. I'm a, I'm just backing the, the running backs here this week uh, for the Cincinnati Bengals. I also took Joe Mixon over on his receiving yards. Uh, he's gone over this projection in two out of three career games versus the Kansas City Chiefs in the playoffs. Uh, sorry, in the playoff game last year as well. Uh, and I think the one key thing that I did mention when I was talking about P. Ryan is that um, the Chiefs allow the most receptions and the most receiving yards to that running back position. So, again, we talk about the pass rush, if they're going to be able to get to Joe Burrow. I, I see him dumping it off to whether it is Joe Mixon and Samaj P. Ryan in this game. So I took both of those guys to get over their receiving yards. I was really shocked to see Joe Mixon's number only at 23 and a half. So, again, uh, if you're building DFS sacks or, or DFS lineups, I think you probably want to consider getting these running backs into your, um, into your lineups. But I think it'll be big weeks for the running backs here.
1: Well, if we think that Joe Burrow is going to throw for a lot of yards, uh, hopefully some of those, a majority of those, what, 30, 40 of those come in by way of the running back position. Yeah, it looks green
0: passes. I mean, both these guys can, they can break out for long ones for sure. We've seen them do it multiple times throughout not only in the playoffs, but also their career. So, uh, definitely heavy on the running backs this week against the, uh, Kansas City Chiefs defense. All right, let's get over to our touchdown props. Um, We'll just go both games. Uh, what do you want? Uh, what is your first one here, uh, Rod? What do you got for this week? All
1: right, so I've got uh, Brock Purdy anytime touchdown. I was I was trying to look for what I thought was good value because uh, you know again, obviously Kelsey we know anytime and and sometimes the first touchdown or the last touchdown seem very just, I don't know. I've been burned by them over the last few weeks. So I'm going to stop doing that for, for any time and just go for any time touchdown, but for Brock Purdy, look, he's got one rushing touchdown already um, this season. And it's not as if that's part of his game, but I, I just have this feeling, this weird feeling that we're going to see a drive stall at about the one yard line or two yard line. And, and they'll send Brock Purdy in, for, uh, for the opportunity to rush for a touchdown. Again, he did that against Seattle a couple of weeks before he, he got in for a rushing touchdown. So um I, I just, I don't know why, but I have this sneaking suspicion that it's going to come down to one of those. And we've already seen Daniel Jones rush for a touchdown twice against this Eagles defense. So mm-hmm. um I, I really, I think that that's, the door is open there, right? Yeah. And, and it's not necessarily that I think it's it's a slam dunk, but I like this at plus four seventy five. I really think at uh, at almost five to one, it's it's pretty good value for a Brock Purdy anytime touchdown. Yeah,
0: and again, I think that when you least expect it, the quarterbacks really come to, or quarterback touchdown or rushing yard, or rushing touchdown. I'm trying to say um, comes out of nowhere, and I think that. <laughs> everybody's waiting like everybody's waiting when is Brock party going to look like a rookie When is he going to look like the last pick of the NFL draft and it hasn't happened yet and I mean for you and for 49er fans you might still be waiting when it comes February 13th where they're holding up the trophy uh but yeah I think again it's another pivotal game for this or for Brock party going now he's going on the road into Philly in a hostile environment in the NFC championship game but You mentioned it, like Daniel Jones has done it against his Eagles team. Uh, They've um, so has uh, you mentioned uh, Brock Party already done it. But I think that one thing also stuck out to me as I was looking at these uh, red zone numbers is that for they're at the running back position, which I'll get to mine. here. I'll throw this out as well. I'm going to give you Elijah Mitchell anytime touchdown that one's sitting at plus uh, 230 in this game. Oh, sorry, plus two ninety for him to uh, find the end zone. We talked about how bad this Eagles rush defense is, and they've allowed a lot of or not a lot, but they have been one of the worst defenses uh, allowing rushing touchdowns um this season. You kind of take a look at it where their red zone rank comes in for this season among the remaining or the teams that made it to the playoffs, it was Seattle and then it was the Philadelphia Eagles. Eagles allowed the eighth most uh, rushing touchdowns. Uh, to the running back positions uh, this season. And and when I kind of saw that, it made me think of Elijah Mitchell. You nailed it with Brock, Brock Purdy, whether, whether it's a quarterback sneak, if he's on the one-yard line, or, or a bootleg where he gets it in. I, I feel like we'll see Brock Purdy using his legs a little more in this game as well. So Brock Purdy for you. I'm going to go with Elijah Mitchell at plus 290 to uh, find the end zone here, Rod.
1: Yeah, and that's the thing about Elijah Mitchell. They've been bringing him in now to sort of obviously keep Christian McCaffrey fresh, but he's been earning that in his own account and he got yep. in the end zone a, a couple of weeks ago too. So um, he's definitely not a stranger to the end zone and and it's such a great, great luxury for the Niners to have in that they can bring in Elijah Mitchell who by all rights and accounts was their number one running back until he got hurt. Right. Yep. And then mm-hmm. you got Christian McCaffrey who is a number one overall running back in his career. So yeah, I mean that's that's fantastic. So yeah, I like Elijah Mitchell because they've been bringing him in closer to the to the red zone lately too. It's it's sort of been yeah. they've gotten McCaffrey going early, and then they just sort of bring in uh, Mitchell because McCaffrey's taken majority of that that drive, and so they just bring in Mitchell and, and let him finish it off. So,
0: yep. Uh, do you have any more touchdown props?
1: I am tapped out. All right, I'll throw out one more. I'll make
0: it quick. Uh, Jamar Chase uh to score one at any time it's at minus 105 if you want to take them first touchdown as well uh that number is sitting at jamar chase where are you eight to one um take a look at again red zone numbers here against wide receivers kansas city allowed the second most uh touchdowns to the wide receiver position that was only only team worse was the dallas cowboys at the uh, 49ers face last week. Uh, they give about 1.2 on average to the wide receiver position. Jamar chase in his career against the chiefs. I believe he had a game where in the regular season, he had three receiving touchdown. We had that big game of 266 receiving yards. He's also had back-to-back weeks here in the playoffs where he's had a touchdown uh, reception last week. He did. Uh, if you consider it a catch or if you didn't consider it a catch where they, uh, he had the touchdown and then it got called back. Um, Joe Burrow and they just have that connection right going back to the days in LSU so uh, I'll take him uh one uh, minus 105 for any time and also take him for first touchdown as well um for Jamar Chase Rudd
1: can't argue it I mean look here's the thing the when it gets down this close to the the Super Bowl and and in these playoff games as the the playoff games get even more uh um, competitive the stars they come out and, yep. and you need them and you lean on them and it's why they get, it's why you're there in the first place. So you see a lot more of it. So yep, I'm good with that. All right, let's get into best bets
0: here, Rod for championship weekend. Lead us off with your best bet. What do you got?
1: I really like this Kelsey and McKinnon combo, the Kelsey eight receptions and the McKinnon, one touchdown. Uh Doesn't matter. Like I said, if it's rushing or receiving it, just a touchdown for McKinnon. I like this combo. I really do. I, I think obviously uh, we talked about Mahomes needing to probably keep the ball around the line of scrimmage. Uh, Kelsey's red hot, and, and I don't know that you're going to get away from a Kelsey game again this week. Um, and then for McKinnon, I think for him being held at, at bay last week uh, is, is going to get them more fired up to get him more involved in this offense this week because you know he's been a, he's been a key factor for this Kansas City Chiefs team down the stretch. And if they want to win this game against Cincinnati, they've got to get him going again.
0: I'm, I'm not going to argue against that. Um, all right. My best bet. I am going to go. I'm going to go. What's been working for Joe Burrow. Longest completion over 37 and a half uh, yards. Uh, like I mentioned, three career games against uh, the Kansas City Chiefs, whether it's been in the playoffs or the regular season. He's done it in every single one of those games. He has the deep field threats. He has the guys, uh, the running backs that can catch those pass- passes and break one out on screen passes or whatever the case might be. Um, I think it's going to be a big game for Joe Burrow and this offense uh, going into Arrowhead. So uh, I'll take Joe Burrow longest completion over 37 and a half yards as my best bet for conference championship weekend, which brings us to our final note for the weekend. Rod, your Niners one game away from reaching the Super Bowl in Arizona. Give me your key to the game and give me your final score prediction.
1: It's going to have to be another team game. I I honestly believe that this can't be all Brock Purdy. I I don't think that this is going to be a game in which you can... I don't think he's going to look like a rookie in this game. I still don't think that that game is here. But I also think that as the pressure mounts, you have to be able to support a guy like Brock Purdy. And that's what the Niners have been good at all season long is making sure that it doesn't come down to just the performance of one person to win a game right? I mean, that's that's really what this 49ers team has built themselves around. That's why they went out and got McCaffrey. That's why they have the defense that they have. That's why they have the team that they have right now and and have been enjoying the success that they've had so far is that it hasn't been like Tom Brady. It hasn't been all on him to win a game, right? With no run support, with receivers dropping balls, with people not doing their jobs. And so all of a sudden it, it, it happens to be All Tom Brady's responsibility to win a game. That's not what it is for the Niners. They literally have players up and down that roster that contribute. That's what's going to need to happen again this week if they want to beat the Eagles. Because the Eagles, let's not forget, were the hottest team in the NFL through the first eight games. This is a team that everybody was like, well, we're crowning them champs now. Like, we're just giving them the Lombardi trophy right now after eight games. Well, of course, we know that that's sort of slid off a little bit. Not much, obviously, but you know, the, the shine is worn off, but they're still a damn good team. They still have one of the hottest quarterbacks in the league. They still have a, a good running game and they still have AJ Brown who, yeah. you know, maybe not necessarily has, has been the hottest lately, but he's still AJ Brown. And yeah. if you get him going and, and let's not forget too, this Eagles team in 14 games has jumped out to at least a uh, uh, 13, 14 points, right? I mean, they have put up huge numbers Mm-hmm. In, and in most cases, like 20 points in the first half, yep. whereas the Niners defense is going to get tested in a way that I then they haven't been tested in a while. So they've got to make sure that not only do they keep them uh, within a couple of t- or at least a touchdown by halftime, but they've got to have that second half defense shut down this Eagles team. Uh, or, I mean, that's really how it's going to have to be. They have to try to shut down the first half because in the second half, the Eagles haven't necessarily been as effective, and that's where the Niners are the most effective defensively. So
0: yeah.
1: um, if, they can, if they can keep themselves close in the first half and not let the game get out of hand, then I think that's how the Niners win. For, uh, for the Eagles, they've got to come out and punch them in the mouth. They've got to get up by 20, 21, 28 in the first half and then uh, have their defense hold the Niners in the second half as well. But it's not going to be easy, and it's not going to no. be fun. So I'm just going to sit there and hopefully not – or be at least sober by the end of it.
0: <laughs> <They win. laughs> That's the best way there, Rod. Um, yeah, look, for me, I think the Niners just got it running down their throat. I, I think that you got a seven, eight-minute drives. Uh, have to get it into the end zone. Phillies are okay, but against this Eagles offense, I, I think you, your touchdowns – you have to get touchdowns, and I think that Kyle Shanahan will scheme it up offensively, whether it's running, putting Brock Purdy in the right positions. But I think the weakness for this Eagles team, we talked about it on this pod, is that their running defense is not very good. So I think with Elijah Mitchell, with Christian McCaffrey, hopefully he's healthy enough. I know he's dealing with a sore calf. Um, with Debo, Samuel, I think he'll be more heavily involved in this game as well. And we've seen them. Last year, they had a 10-point lead against the Rams in that in that NFC Championship game. Unfortunately, they, they coughed it up. But I think this is an opportunity for them to uh, go into Philly get the victory and punch their ticket. I am going to go 2017 Niners win this game. Ooh,
1: 2017. I'm going to go uh, 24 to 20 uh, Niners win. All right, there we go. All right. That's going to do it for this edition of the prop
0: cast here on the NFL YouTube channel. Uh, we'll be doing more live. I know uh, sometimes we have conf- conflicting schedules uh, with so many just going on for the NFL during this time, but um yeah, Rod, we're, we're one game away or two games away from the Super Bowl. Anything else you want to get off your chest, my man, before we get out of here?
1: Uh, I'm going to be watching this on a little bit of a delay, so I'm going to have to dodge spoilers because uh, I'm taping the beginning of the game. I have to work just uh, in, the, in the early parts of the game. So I'm going to be behind the rest of the nation as I watch this game, but I promise you all catch up and, and we'll have fun when, when I do. <laughs>
0: Yeah, just stay off of social, put the phone away, um, and then just catch up where the when the rest of the world uh, it, where it is where you are. All right, uh, make sure to follow Rod on Twitter at R J Via Gomez. Just go to his profile, hit the link in there. You'll see everything that Rod is doing uh, across the uh, sports betting and just frankly sports industry. Uh, one of the hardest working gentlemen uh, in the industry as well. Um, follow me on Twitter at SportsNerd824. Uh, Good luck with your bets this weekend. Let's break these books off and let it ride.